0: You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing in real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Danny Nichols, accompanied by my co-host Chris Thompson. What's up, Chris? Morning, Danny. How are you doing today? Doing great, man. Just, uh,
1: just another great day, sunshine, can't complain. So uh, how's your week been? You know, it's uh, been kind of a slow week this week. Uh, closed on a couple properties last week and now just kind of back to the grind, just trying to find more business. It's working, huh? Yep. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, so,
0: you know, we're in the syndication thing, talk a lot about the stuff and- we've talked to a number of different people and actually I was just talking to a buddy the other day and he was talking about, you know, crowdfunding and, you know, what's really the difference between what we're investing in the syndications and, and crowdfunding. And really, um, I kind of had to take a step back and, you know, educate myself a little bit because in my mind, you know, I thought about, it, I was like, they're pretty similar. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of similarities there. And, um, and so, I wanted to be able to to educate myself enough to have an answer for him, basically, uh, and kind of move forward on that. So what we're going to touch on today is uh, really the differences between syndication, crowdfunding, and then even a joint venture. Um, you know, these are all kind of different things, but they're, they're ways to get into these these deals, these, these uh, investments, and so we're kind of the way to structure them. So we're kind of going to touch a little bit on how these are structured and the way that you know you can structure potential deals if you're getting into deals depending on what works best for for the group or for the investors. so it's good to pay attention to things and understand these terms and again, we're educating ourselves as we go here with some of this stuff so this is it's good to talk it out and uh, run through these through these details you know and uh, get this research done so we can we can provide uh, the knowledge to to other investors as well who who are learning uh, right alongside us so. All right, Chris, so today, like I said, we're going to talk about joint venture syndications and crowdfunding. Um, you kind of want to just kind of start us off there um, with, uh, I guess, joint ventures.
1: Okay, so a joint venture, you know, a joint venture is basically, uh, you know, a partnership. Uh, and and it's a partnership that can take on any legal structure. You know, it's a corporation, a partnership, uh, an LLC, and you know, uh, other business entities, you know, can be used. Uh, to form a JV, uh, uh, joint ventures. Uh, they combine uh large and smaller companies uh, to take on one or several big or little projects and deals. You know? so, so really, so really, you're basically just combining an, uh, a
0: couple of people really to to tackle uh, an investment, right, or a project, or or whatever it is. Right. So, yeah. Whether so, it's a
1: couple people or a couple entities, uh, they're coming okay. together. You know, so they're they're coming together to. Take advantage of the other's resources, right? So, you know, when you go into uh, some kind of, you know, when two companies form, maybe one company wants to wants to uh, get into a, a market in a different nation, you know, so they will they'll uh, join forces with somebody who already has distribution, their distribution lines already set up, and so it's you're you are really are just kind of playing off each other's. Uh, uh, Levering each other's uh, resources, you know, um, mm-hmm. there's also, you know, kind of like a, a cost savings approach, you know, where you can use the economy as a scale, you know, sharing labor costs or advertising costs, uh, you know, also the, you, you're really combining the expertise, uh, you know, so each company that's joining the joint venture, you know, they might have a unique background, skill set or expertise. Uh, so you know, you're just taking advantage of the other, of the other guys, you know, strong suits.
0: Right. So let, let's let's talk about let's break this down a little bit more into say a real estate investment. So so what does this look like for a joint venture? Well, so say we're we're going into say we want to flip a house, right? Say we just want to flip a house, and we'll... We have the experience, but we don't have the capital, right? Well, we can do a partnership or a joint venture, right? With somebody maybe who does have uh, the money to do this, right? Or mm-hmm. the capital to jump into these deals. So basically, so for a real estate investment, this is just an example. We want to flip a house or we want to buy some investment properties. Well, what we do as as an experienced person, we just partner up with somebody who has money, right? So say it's two or three people or however you want to structure it. This is, just, again, this is just an example. but it, you're not you're not syndicating anything. You're not necessarily raising capital. You are partnering up, right? This yep. is more of a, a partnership than uh, than a uh, than somebody who's running the show and then an investor. You're actually partnering in the deal, so you can uh, split uh, however the returns are and whatever structure you you um, decide on. So anyway, so I just wanted to give an example of kind of a small real estate joint venture or something like that. But uh, so talk about uh, can you talk a little bit about more like um, of you know, the importance or just kind of what this looks like going forward with creating a JV and stuff like that.
1: Okay. So, you know, when you're, uh, when you're creating a a joint venture, you know, there's a couple documents that you have to set up. Uh, You know, the most important document uh, is going to be the JV agreement, Uh, regardless of the legal, legal structure used uh, for the joint venture. The, the JV agreement, there it's going to set out what all the partners' rights and obligations are. And it's also going to include, you know, the initial contributions and and the objectives of the joint venture, uh, the day-to-day operations and the, the right to profits and the responsibility for losses. So, you know, when, uh, when forming a joint venture, the most common thing for both parties to do is to set up a new entity. You know, the IRS, they don't really recognize a joint venture. So the, the business form between the two properties kind of helps determine how the taxes are paid. Okay. Mm. And, uh, and like I said before, you know, one of the more common uses of a joint venture is, you know, just entering into a foreign market uh, and distributing or whatever, you know, when one company you know, really benefits off the current network of the, uh, of the company that, you know, where they actually are planning on doing business.
0: So it's really just a partnership. And again, going back to kind of more of like a, more of like a real estate, um, you know, smaller uh, deal. It's more of just like a partnership of maybe a couple of people entering into this deal uh, to be able to partner up and take advantage of what each can bring to the table. Is that, is that kind of how that, that works for a smaller joint venture when it comes to real estate? It will, Exactly. Okay. So, so can you, let's talk a little bit more
1: about some of the requirements or whatever for these joint ventures. Can you, can you touch a little bit about on that? Okay, so so for the, uh, for the joint venture requirements, you know, you, we need to know uh, the number of parties involved, okay? Uh, we need to know the scope in which uh, the joint venture is going to operate, you know, uh, geographically, the product, the technology, you know, kind of what, what are you operating in there? Uh, and we want to know what and how much each party is going to contribute uh, initially to the joint venture. Uh, we want to know the structure itself and like, you know, who is going to be taking care of what. Uh, and and we want to know the initial contributions and the the ownership split of each party. Okay. And uh, we also want to know, you know, the kind of arrangements that are going to be made once the deal is complete. You know, it's uh, once a, once the goal has been met, like what happens next? And yeah. so we'll go into that. Uh, you know, be, as the joint venture is forming, we want to know who's going to take over after the fact. Um, uh, we also want to know, you know, how uh, the the joint venture is going to be controlled and managed, and also how is it going to be staffed. And so, you know, once a once a joint venture, you know, has reached its goal, it can be liquidated, li- liquidated, liquidated, uh, you know, just like the Sony, Sony and Ericsson came together for a little while on a big project and once it was done, Sony just like, that's how we know Sony right now is it was an initial joint venture and then Ericsson, you know, they got bought out and now it's, we know Sony today. And that's just how it was formed.
0: Right. Right. Okay, cool. So that, that was a, that was a great overview of kind of what a joint venture is how to start one and, and what, what the requirements are for that. And you know, a lot of similarities and uh, in, in goes from that into a syndication, right? I mean really these are just structures of, of investments and a way to tackle projects or create companies or however you want to state it uh, uh, for deals. So um, like I said, a lot of the stuff, you know, kind of how you're talking about the structure, who controls, who manages, you know, the arrangements, the structure of, of the entity itself. A lot of these things can roll into syndication as well, right? They're very, sure. very similar in some ways. Uh, so, so let's talk a little bit about uh, a real estate syndication. So what is a real estate syndication? Well, it's the pooling of resources from a, a variety uh, or a number of investors uh, in order to basically tackle a larger project that you really wouldn't be able to do by yourself. For the most part, I mean, I guess there's some people out there who could probably tackle one of these alone, but that seems like a daunting task, and I don't think mm-hmm. I would recommend that to anybody. I mean, the again, people who
1: can do that decide to go ahead and 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 uh, delegate those jobs to others. So yeah, yeah, does the stuff by themselves.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's just not. Yeah, I don't yeah so anyway, so kind of similar to uh um the joint venture you, for these syndications, you're going to set up a, a specific entity structure right and uh, for these syndications, typically it consists of the general partners and the limited partners. so the general partners, also known as a sponsor or the syndicator uh, they're base they're the ones who identify and control and manage the project all the way from beginning uh, up until again you exit the property. Kind of like the joint venture, you're talking about liquidating and stuff like that. Um, so they're in charge of every aspect. This is the general partner. They're in charge of every aspect of the deal from finding funding and closing the tra- transaction to raising capital, investor relations and completion of the project. So these guys are doing everything, mm-hmm. right? These, these are the guys who are managing it. If stuff goes wrong, they're the ones having to handle it. You know, they're one. They're going to find a lender uh, property management, asset management, uh, all of these things. So, uh, with that being said, the GP it typically consists of a group of people, right? There's not, like we said before, it's not just one person doing these things. So, you're going to have a group of people, all with specific roles, uh, to manage this project most efficiently and and as as effectively as they possibly can. So, so what are some of these some of these members who are in uh, the GP that are doing this? Well, it's acquisition manager. What does an acquisition manager do? Well, they're the ones basically finding these deals, right? Finding, getting everything lined up, getting it to the closing table to where you can get this done. So the due diligence, all of this stuff, acquisition mm-hmm. manager is handling this kind of stuff. And then let's move on to the asset manager. What does an asset manager do? Well, they're the ones who are who are basically going through this while after the project has been uh, closed on and you're managing this project, the ones kind of handling the, uh, the day to day, you know, the, the renovations, the repairs, the property manager, you're kind of overseeing these things to make sure that the, uh, that the property is running correctly. Uh, another one is a loan guarantor. So these are people with the high net worth, high, high liquidity individuals who can basically have that the assets or the experience to sign on a loan to, to guarantee that if anything goes wrong, that you know, they're, they're on the loan for this. And then also somebody, another aspect of this is investor relations. So you're raising money from, from, from investors. And you got to be able to to, uh, clearly state your message, and then also uh, communicate effectively to these investors, especially if any issues come up or if they have any questions. Because I mean, we both know that there are a lot of questions that come with this. I know that we have a lot of questions uh, for syndicators still, you know, all the time. Uh, uh, And so, um, and again, dealing with investors. And the investors they make up the other side of this structure. Again, it's a GP LP, and the investors make up the LP, the limited partners, or the passive investors. And basically, what they do, they have no role in this other than funding these deals with with their investment capital, right? So um, they're not they're not handling any of the day to day. They're not they're not making the active decisions in regarding you know which way the project is actually going or what's being done. Um, in these deals, so uh, that's that's the way this. Usually, you typically see these structures for for the syndication, indication: uh, general partners and limited partners. And when it comes to limited partners, again, they're just raising the cap. They're just the ones uh, providing the capital um, for these for these type of deals. And with that being said, for for the limited partners, um, you know they're just getting return on the money. A preferred return. Uh, and usually, uh, these projects last three to seven years. It's the same thing with joint ventures, right? They, they, they last as long as you need them to. Uh, and then, you know, you can exit them or liquidate them, uh, as, as you see fit as, um, as you're going forward. So, okay. So that's basically the brief, uh, overview of a syndication. You know, we've gone over syndication, uh, a number of times. Right. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so we've gone over syndication. So let's move into talk a little bit about crowdfunding, and, and really, what is crowdfunding, and and what's is there a difference between syndication and crowdfunding? Let's just touch on what crowdfunding is first, and then we'll kind of dive deeper into that.
1: Okay, well, well, crowdfunding is kind of a, a, a relatively newer you know idea. You know, crowdfunding generally generally refers to uh, you know raising money from the public you know, primarily through online forums, social media and, and crowdfunding, crowdfunding websites, you know, to, uh, to basically finance a new project or a venture. uh. Okay.
0: So, so with the crowdfunding, it's, it differs from syndication basically because crowdfunding is raising money basically from the crowd. Right. Is what you're doing. You're, you're, you're raising, you're raising money from the crowd and that's what crowdfunding is defined as so when we talk about syndication you look at so you look at a syndication a syndication is raising capital from investors to do a deal right that Mm -hmm. that, that's one thing but it's actual syndication is incorporates the partnership of the investors uh in the deal in Mm -hmm. in getting this deal to completion you know getting this you know to closing getting it tackled tackling this this project so it's more of a partnership whereas crowdfunding is literally just raising the capital Exactly from a crowd. Okay, so so that's that's really the difference. And again, you know, I talked about speaking with a buddy of mine and trying to explain to this, and that's where the actual difference is. Where crowdfunding only refers to raising capital. Okay, so you know, like you were just saying, you raise it through online forums, websites, stuff like this. What else about crowdfunding?
1: Okay, so there's also kind of a a newer advent of that, which uh, is basically being called like equity crowdfunding. And, and this just takes it kind of one step further, you know. And so in exchange for a relatively small amounts of, uh, of capital, uh, the public investors, you know, they're going to get a, a proportionate slice of equity in the business venture itself. But, you know, that it, crowdfunding comes with a lot of risks, okay. And, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, one, one of the main risks there, you know, there's a greater risk of failure. Uh, due to the just the greater chance of uh, the lacking of the business plan and support structure, a lot of times you know the crowd the people will get together, they have this idea, and they spread the word and a lot of people are into this idea but there 's no business plan underlying this entire operation that 's going to see this through to the finish so a lot of crowdfunding uh, ventures do end up failing um, i don 't know exactly what the uh, what the uh, what the numbers might speak to that, but I do know that that stuff just kind of falls apart because there's no central group running this, you know, that just like in the syndication, there's no boots on the ground that are going to see this through. They had an idea and they're trying. And a lot of times they're really not going to succeed. Um, there's also a higher chance for fraud, you know, social media and online forums are so well suited for scammers. Uh, you know, they're just set up they just set up dubious ventures and they just prey on uh, naive or first time investors, you know, to, to it, there's a lot of get rich quick schemes. And then there's also a lot of scammers out there that are, you know, they, they have this, uh, the, this ploy that they're sick and they need help or whatever. Well, when really all they were doing, they're just working the crowd get a little bit of money and they cash out and they go, you know, on a vacation or whatever. So right, right. It, it's just kind of harder to vet some of these things. Well, let's, Uh, I want to dive a little bit deeper into the two points you just take, that you just kind of talked about, you
0: know, the greater risk of failure, uh, due to lack of the business plan, and then also uh, the higher chance of fraud. So this speaks uh, highly to, uh, same thing with syndication. You need to do your due diligence as a passive investor. So, uh, you know, we're going to talk about, say, let's just talk about crowdfunding in regards to real estate investing, right? Well, there are plenty of uh, people out here who are crowdfunding these deals who are reputable, you know, great. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're doing this right. And, you know, they're providing the returns and they're doing this right. You just need, as a passive investor, you just need to be able to do your due diligence and basically vetting these, these types of deals, you know, talk to other people, ask the questions you need to, um, see really, if you can find people who have invested in these deals, uh, and and speak to them and see what their experience is, uh, with these type of deals, especially the crowdfunding, this is going to be, uh, a huge um, mark for you to say that maybe this is something I should consider. It's the same thing with syndication, really. I mean, you need to be able to vet these people who you're doing the deals with. So I think when it comes to talk about, you know, fraud and 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 risk of failure, obviously these things are, they're always there, right? But if you do your due diligence, due diligence enough as a passive investor, there's a way to kind of, um, I guess, just basically mitigate the risk again, there's always risk, but it's, it's good to make sure you're talking to these people who have already done deals and then talk to the actual people who are the companies who are providing these, these platforms uh, to to invest in, speak with them and kind of get comfortable with who they are and what they're providing, you know, track record, all this stuff, it's stuff you need to pay attention to. So, but I think it's great. That you brought that up uh, about crowdfunding. So yeah. yeah. So wh- what else, what else about crowdfunding should we know?
1: Well, okay. So there's a, uh... You know, again, kind of going on the fraud and stuff like that, you know, there's a higher chance of uh, these crowdfunding portals to be hacked. You know, there's oh, just, yeah. uh, there's just uh, you know, people people will get a website set up on their own or through, you know, a, a, um, a low-cost uh, source. And, you know, there's just not a lot of security that's put through, uh, you know. So you just have to pay attention to that, you know a lot of a lot of mediocre hackers can get in there and start poking around in your uh, in your website and stuff if you haven't gotten that set up right and that goes back to the due diligence making sure you know who you're dealing with and that they've done their homework and to make sure that you know whatever capital that you've invested you just want, they want you want to make sure that that's going to be protected absolutely a lot, a lot of times these these crowdfunding sites are just thrown up so quick like I said especially with fraud in mind they they just want something out there that they can put online to get some kind of quick return and so right all right so just pretty risky right so it seems like we kind of those those pretty
0: much cover the cons that I understand of crowdfunding right i mean they that pretty much covers most of the crowd. is there any
1: pros i mean what are the pros of crowdfunding can you give us one of those i mean it's uh you know it's a it's a better opportunity let me see i mean It is.
0: Well, I mean, I think kind of what you're going to get at is for uh, you know you can invest. Say, if you're not accredited, right? So, you're not a accredited investor. We know what a accredited investor is, right? And you have to have certain net worth or a certain income to be able to to invest in a lot of these big deals, right?
1: Well, right. You know, and so this way, this way, it gives uh, you know the average investor, you know, maybe a, a lower net worth investor. It gives them an opportunity to invest like an accredited investor because, you know, before the advent of crowdfunding, you know, only, only accredited investors or high net worth individuals had the chance to participate in really early stage speculative in, uh, ventures, you know, that had the promise of uh, high reward and, you know, equally high risk. So, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty cool idea, you know, as long as you get in one, that's a, that's actually a legitimate you know, there's a lot of, a lot of startup companies out there that, you know, the upside is enormous, maybe even endless. And, but you know, there, it comes with a lot of risk. And like I said, before it was only these high net worth guys that can get into this stuff. And now it's kind of opened the door for just regular guys like us. Well, I think it's pretty cool because, you know, we
0: all started somewhere and, um, it's, it's one of those things to be able to get into these type of deals and not be an accredited investor. Uh, I think it's a, it's, it's great actually. Um, you know, this really kick you off on, on your investment, uh, career going forward is if you can get into these deals and you start making returns, you can really see the power of this. And then you can, you know, kind of roll out into other deals. Say if you want to get into syndications, you know, throw a little bit more capital at it or whatever kind of, uh, suits your investment strategy. But, uh, to be able to invest in, in these real estate deals and these larger deals or whatever type of uh, crowdfunding you're interested in, um, obviously we're, Uh, more focused on real estate. But I think it's, it's a great way to get return on your money as long as you do your due diligence, right? I mean, let's, let's just make sure that we're all clear on that. Doing your due diligence is the, as of uh, utmost importance when it comes to this stuff. So, okay, cool. Well, do you have anything else on crowdfunding or that, that pretty much wraps it up for that? Yeah, I think for the most
1: part, that's about it. Okay. Stuff out there.
0: So, so basically with this episode, in summary, we went over a JV, kind of, you know, what it, what it takes to start a JV, why JV is important and what that looks like in regards to some, some deals. Uh, and then we also went into syndication. What's a syndication? What's the structure of that? Uh, what does that look like uh, in terms of, you know, who's on what side and what that consists of? And then we went into crowdfunding and basically the term of crowdfunding, what that actually is defined as, and then the pros and cons. Of that going forward. Okay, so we went over that. That's it's been a good episode. I'm glad we went over that again. So now I can understand that more clearly for myself, and then also, so if anybody asks, I, I can uh, <laughs> be able to pass that information on correctly. So, okay, so that's pretty much all we have for today. But before we go, Chris, um, you just attended an event, you know, a, a real estate syndication event, and I was kind of hoping you would tell us a little bit about your experience, and then also, you know, how. Uh, say I'm a passive investor and I want to start attending these events. Well, how do I set myself up for success going to an event like this to, to get as much out of it as I can? Obviously there's, there's people talking and stuff, but what are, what are some of the things I can do as a passive investor to really, really get the most out of these events as possible?
1: All right. So uh, I guess to start, you know, the, the, the event that I went to, it was actually in Dallas. It's a, a Brad Sumrock, you know, apartment investment, in, uh, apartment investment mastery seminar. Really. It's just a, a gigantic networking event. Uh, where we just really talk a lot about, uh, you know, just what it takes to kind of get a syndication going and to, to find deals and, you know, to help, you know, work for your investors. Uh, but really, you know, as a, as a passive investor, you know, you, this is a perfect place to go and start meeting these people. Uh, one thing I think is like, it, it's extremely humbling to, to walk in there. You never know who you're talking to and you don't know what they've done and what, what kind of deals they're into and you know, what kind of net worth they might have. And so just, uh, you know, it's all about making those connections. And you know, when you're, when you're doing, whether you're active investing or whether you're passive investing, you I guess, especially if you're going to be an active investor, you know, it's important to, to increase your network and to, it gives you the opportunity to kind of build, build a team, a dream team, maybe, you know, like people who have different strong points. So, you know, the goal as the goal I have, like walking into that is basically I want to talk to as many people as I can to be frank. Like I want to talk to everybody that I can possibly fill in the time with before this thing starts because I want to, I want to see what people are doing, where they operate, you know, how they are as a person, you know, and you know, maybe can we work together in the future. But in in dealing with a lot of this and dealing with securities, you know, you have to build a substantive relationship with everyone. You know, you can't just go in. It's it's part of a forced due diligence process. I think you know you can't just go in and just start throwing money around, and you know, or can't you can't just go in to start soliciting deals. Uh, you know, you, you need to form those relationships with those people and to begin to know them and like them and trust them. And so that's, you know, my goal walking in there was like, literally, I want to shake hands with the first guy I see, just to, just to talk a little bit about him, see where he's coming from. And uh, it's pretty funny, you know, when we go and sit down after the events begun and throughout the day, uh, you know, they'll have moments where they'll bring up a couple notable people who are around. And, you know, just to kind of give them praise and it's kind of like a, uh, if I can do it, you can do it. You know, last year I was, you know, working full time, you know, at a W2 job or, you know, maybe I'm now I'm a recovering engineer and, you know, I, you know, I, I just got into this and now I'm retired. So it's just kind of fun to see, you know, the very first guy I talk to, they pull him up on stage and he has one of the largest deals in, uh, in apartment syndication history at least for at least for the Sumrock program where yes. on his very first deal you know there's doing like 420 units and it's like a like a 50 million dollar deal where they ended up having to raise 10 or 12 million dollars and it's it's pretty amazing that I, I was just talking to some random guy inside the front door and I didn't realize you know he's you know he's a player so it's it's awesome to see you know that really, if I can do it, you can do it. And that's why we're here, you know, just to show other people, you know, this is extremely possible. It's a, it's a great business. I mean, I, I honestly don't know anything negative to really speak of. Uh, so and I think it speaks to, you know, if you're a passive
0: investor and you're looking to get into these deals, just get out there and talk to people just get out there start asking questions, you know, don't worry about what you don't know because plenty of people don't know stuff, including ourselves. So, uh, but,
1: and everybody is so helpful, you know, just be real with everyone and let them know that you have questions or whatever. And, and they want to, they want to increase their network too. And so they want to see how they can help you. And so everybody's that's, uh, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways is no one there has any kind of attitude or no one's looking down on you because you don't know, because everybody started at that place and everybody's so willing to help. It's, it was, I mean, it was really a fun event. There's a lot of cool people there and um, there's a lot of people there doing big, big things that I didn't even know were possible.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. It's cool that you got to experience that and kind of rub elbows with uh, these guys who are making the moves, and also uh, other passive investors. So that's pretty cool. Well, before we get out here, uh, to our listeners, if you guys are uh, you know tuning into the show and you like what you're hearing, or you want to you know kind of chat with us, or you know drop us a line, or even just touch on maybe a topic you want to hear, or ask questions, you know head over to our website twosmartassets.com. Drop us a line there, or you can find us on social media. Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, any of these places, uh, drop us a line. You know, uh, we'd love to chat with you guys. We'd love to connect with you guys. So make sure to hit us up there, and then uh, you know, we'll return um, the messages as soon as we can just to, just to connect with you guys because we, you know, we want to hear from you guys. We want to connect with you guys as much as possible. So um, hit us up for sure. Uh, but until next time, Chris, um, you know, keep training that brain and uh, keep investing in yourself. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.